Welcome to the first episode of the Accessing Literature podcast, where we look at influential authors that can be read and appreciated by longtime readers or those newly being introduced to novels. I'm your host, Vasilios Bellos, and in this episode, we'll be diving into easily one of the most important authors of the late 19th and early 20th century. Today, we discuss Herbert George Wells, more commonly referred to as H.G. Wells, even simpler, the father of science fiction, and rightfully so. He, along with Jules Verne, helped shape the genre to what it is today. Some of the greatest authors of the 20th century, including Fahrenheit 451 writer Ray Bradbury and Dune author Frank Herbert, cited Wells as an influence. I also noticed his novels mentioned constantly in fictional works throughout the early 20th century and beyond. Considering the peak of his science fiction works occurred in the late 1800s, it is absolutely astounding some of the inventions and concepts he described in his novels, entirely unheard of during this time. Whether it be the physical time machine, heat rays in War of the Worlds, or genetic engineering in the island of Dr. Moreau, these are ideas many credit to Wells. In this episode, we'll take a look at who Wells was while exploring some of his more famous works and influence. Herbert George Wells was born in 1866 in England. He was a vocal socialist and known for his pacifist views. He was dominated for the Nobel Prize in Literature on four separate occasions, though he never won it. The prize often eludes science fiction writers. His alma mater was the Royal College of Science at the Imperial College of London. Wells had a Beatles-esque run of releases during the final decade of the 19th century. The Beatles had Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's, The White Album, and Abbey Road, all released in successive years, musical critics everywhere arguing these albums as the most important of all time. H.G. Wells came out swinging with The Time Machine in 1895, followed by The Island of Dr. Moreau, The Invisible Man, and The War of the Worlds in consecutive years. Whether you are a fan or not, you've probably heard of at least two or three of these works. Pretty incredible. Wells published his first piece of fiction, the classic novella The Time Machine, in 1895. This is an absolutely astounding first release, and was the first time a physical version of a time machine was ever considered. By physical, it is not to say various religions and belief systems have not considered passing through time. Despite this, the time machine was the first, now classic story where a scientist manufactures an actual time machine. When discussing his writing style, the first few pages of this work truly exemplify his ability to conjure beautifully descriptive passages, truly manipulating the language in such a satisfying way while still remaining accessible to the majority of readers. The novella has been produced into multiple films, the 2002 version especially awful. It is certainly worth a read, a great introduction to Wells, and the first piece I actually ever read by him. It blew my mind right from the opening paragraph, and I now reread it multiple times a year. That is the absolutely most terrifying sound in the world, and one that gave me nightmares as a child. Many of you may recognize it from the War of the Worlds film, adapted from the next Wells novel we will be discussing of the same name. This is the same War of the Worlds that was adapted for a radio broadcast in 1938 and actually sparked widespread panic. Orson Welles, no relation to our author today, narrated the broadcast which took many of the themes of mass destruction from the original novel. In my opinion, it has the most satisfying alien invasion ending of all time. Most of these types of films or novels end with humanity finding some form of weakness in the invaders, which I never truly appreciated. My thought is if aliens can travel that far to attack us, we have absolutely no chance of winning and would probably all die. 
The ending sees the Martians, after devastating the planet, perish at the hands of earthly pathogens. Their body's not immune to them as humans would be. You just cannot beat that. And it is what I believe the most logical ending to any alien invasion story ever. Also, how many stories can you think of involving alien invaders from Mars? Probably dozens, and this was, believe it or not, the very first. A theme I hope is becoming clear is the creativity Wells had, conjuring these concepts that have stuck with science fiction since their conception, and been redone probably hundreds of times by now. We're going to look at another novel by Wells, The First Men in the Moon. While the aforementioned Jules Verne beat Wells to the punch in terms of natural satellite expedition, Wells really took the torch on this one. The protagonists include an eccentric scientist, Mr. Cavour, and a businessman, Bedford, who kind of falls into the adventure. The scientists produce a new substance called Cavorite, which produces weightless qualities. By constructing a spacecraft with windows made out of the substance, he's able to make it to the moon. This is done by windows being able to close, blocking the weightless substance from being exposed to the outside, allowing the scientists to manipulate where the ship floats based on gravitational pulls. Yes, this sounds nuts, but at the time, it actually had the scientific community considering these concepts. Upon arrival, they discover an insect-like community that lives within the moon itself, broken up into distinct classifications. This all leads up to the main point where the most intelligent insect communicates with a scientist and is disgusted to find out humanity would harm each other through war. This is an idea so played out in stories in which humanity contacts more intelligent life at this point, but bear with me. Wells, as he always seems to, did it first. While the ending has lost its meaning over time, imagine reading this when it was first released in the early 20th century. This was not a story that had necessarily been done yet, and I know it would have had a more profound effect on those lucky enough to read it upon release. We're finally going to discuss two other concepts, genetic splicing and invisibility, which Wells did not consider himself, but brought to the forefront. Simply, these two concepts would most likely not be as prevalent as they are in literature if it was not for Wells. First, genetic splicing. This was a concept considered decades prior to Wells' writing career, Origins of this are often linked with Gregor Mendel when he first discovered genetic inheritance in 1865 using peas. It was more than a century later when Paul Berg established the cut and splice method that resembles something similar to a Wells book. The novel I am referring to is The Island of Dr. Moreau. This, as many know, is about Moreau combining various animals to form new disturbing species. Described as the scientist's most complex creature, Maling is a combination of a bear, a dog, and an ox. I actually have a lovely copy of this book with multiple illustrations, leaving no disgusting detail to the imagination. I also saw the film starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. It was not very good. An exceptional novel nonetheless, and while the concept itself is not entirely original, it is so well written. I think even that is a compliment to Wells. Anytime there is a novel where he did not introduce some brand new thing into science fiction, it gets marked down slightly despite the fact that every other writer in the genre has taken so much from him. Truly amazing. The other previously mentioned idea of invisibility is another concept not original to Wells, but his novel being so influential nonetheless. The book I am talking about is The Invisible Man. It follows a similar theme in which a genius scientist has their own creation drive them insane. Mary Shelley's staple in literature sees Dr. Frankenstein driven insane by his monster. Wells follows suit, in which his main character begins losing his mind after discovering how to turn himself invisible, but unable to turn himself back. Wells cites Plato's Republic, 
a work he often read as a child, as a massive influence on the novel. Republic follows a legend that believes if an individual were invisible, they would act as though they were a god. This idea no doubt translated over to the Invisible Man, the scientist carrying out seriously heinous acts throughout the story. This was such an enjoyable read, but has been torn apart at various points by the physics community. Russian writer Yakov Perelman did so in his 1913 release, Physics Can Be Fun. He points out the scientist should in fact have been blind, as the human eye absorbs incoming light to see, not letting it through completely. Well into The Invisible Man, it would appear Wells noted this, where the eyes of an invisible cat still have visible retinas. This still does not completely explain this, but by this point in the novel, you're so lost in the narrative you're not asking questions. By way of conclusion, Herbert George Wells was incredible. His influence is no doubt present in every science fiction novel, film, or even campfire story at this point, whether you believe it or not. The concepts he established that we mentioned prior, including a time machine, the War of the Worlds heat rays, and conclusion, were never done before, but are now a staple in the genre. While not his original ideas, invisibility and gene splicing within fiction were originally made so popular by him. He takes these sometimes outer-worldly or silly concepts, but does them so well, you read through his novels nodding your head every few pages saying to yourself, yeah, that just makes sense. My recommendation would be The Time Machine if you're looking to start with Wells. It was his first release, and it being a novella is a nice bite-sized piece of literature you can knock off in a few days tops. Anyone interested in literature, whether you're a fan of science fiction or not, should at least give Herbert George Wells a shot based on his influence. This has been the first episode of the Accessing Literature podcast, and I've been your host, Vasilios Bellows. Catch me next time where I'll be discussing the Queen of Mystery, only ever outsold by Shakespeare and the Bible, Agatha Christie. Thanks for listening.